we're going to welcome up our uh, preachers for this evening. Uh, Ruth and Johanna, I think Ruth is going to preach first. So if um, you'd just like to come up. Um, and yeah, just let me pray for you, if that's okay. Thank you. Um, Lord, I just pray um, for Ruth now, and I pray for you, Hannah, that you will just bless the words that they bring to us. I thank you for the preparation that they have put into this, and I just pray your blessing over each of us now as we hear this message. Amen. Thank you. So, hello. If you don't know me, I'm Ruth, and I'm a children's intern here at All Saints. Today, we are going to be reading from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. I'm going to share on Bartimaeus' perspective, then Johanna will share on the perspective of the crowd. Mark 10, 46 to 52, which is page 1015. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Stay cool to the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. If you could have one prayer answered right now, what would it be? What are you calling out to God for in this moment, however big or small? It could be something you've been calling out to God for over many years, or maybe a need that's only come up in this precise moment. Bartimaeus' story starts with him calling out to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He has sat on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. It was a very busy road, particularly at this time when many Jews were travelling to Jerusalem for Passover. He would have spent most of his time on this road, trying to earn money for his dinner. It was very common in, in biblical times to see blind beggars such as Bartimaeus sat on busy roads such as this one. With no work for someone with a physical disability, it was the only way for them to earn a living. On this day, with a huge crowd such as Jesus and his followers walking past, it would have been very busy, many blind beggars hoping to earn a little bit of money from the crowd. And yet, Bartimaeus called out to Jesus. He didn't see himself as yet another blind beggar. He had faith that Jesus cared about him and would stop for him. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus doesn't just listen to us when we pray, but he wants us to pray and ask him for the things we need. Often it's easy to see ourselves as yet another person calling out to Jesus for something, to think other people's problems are more important than ours. 
Yet when Jesus responded to Bartimaeus, it wasn't, no, I have to go and save the world, or no, other people have more problems than you, or to walk straight past. He stopped and said, what do you want me to do? I remember praying about my university application to study medicine. As I prayed, I thought of the many more important prayers that there were for God to listen to. But then as I prayed, I remembered Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 to 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants his people to call out to them, him. Here he is speaking to the Israelites in exile. He wants them to call out to him for their needs. He is reassuring them that he is listening and has a greater plan for them. Bartimaeus' story follows the same lines. Jesus wants him to call out for his need to be healed, as he has a greater plan for Bartimaeus to follow him. So God listened to the Israelites in exile, and he listened to Bartimaeus, and he will listen to you, as he has a greater plan for you. Mark 10, verse 49, says, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. Jesus saw Bartimaeus calling him. He didn't like to see him suffering, so called him closer. Jesus sees you when you call him. He doesn't like to see you suffering, so calls you to him. Therefore, as the crowd said to Bartimaeus, I say the same to you. Take heart, get up, Jesus is calling you. When asked, what do you want from me? Bartimaeus replied quite simply, Rabbi, I want to see. As it says in Matthew 7, verse 7, Bartimaeus asked to be healed, and that's what he received. And Jesus replied with, your faith has healed you. He wasn't worried about elaborately worded requests, explanations of why he wanted to be healed. Jesus saw Bartimaeus' heart. He saw what was important to him, and he sees what is important to you. Along with this, Jesus saw Bartimaeus' faith. Bartimaeus knew that Jesus both could and would heal him, so much that he was willing to stand out among the crowd, stand out, to shout out among the many blind beggars and to be mocked by the people around him. We too must have the same faith that God will answer our prayers, not just that he can answer them, but that he will. However, we must also understand that as a parent knows what is best for their child, God knows what is best for us. And while the answer is often yes, sometimes it's no or not yet. A child may be disappointed when their parent says no to staying up past their bedtime. But ultimately, the parent knows that their child needs sleep, and they will be a lot happier if they aren't tired in the morning. God knows what is best for each of us. And he knows what is best for you. No and not yet as answers are very hard to accept at the time. But just as Jesus knew what Bartimaeus needed, and, had, and just as God has plans for the exiles, he knows what you need and has plans for you. I struggled with this too. As I was praying for my application to study medicine, having already applied once and received no as an answer, I had to continue putting my faith in God and trusting that he knew what was best for me. Being able to see 
was a huge change to Bartimaeus' life. He, from begging on the streets, unable to work, he could have got up, run into the city, find work, and enjoy life, taking the healing for granted. But instead, he chose to follow Jesus. Often, when God answers our prayers, it's a huge change for us too. And we too can choose how we respond. Do we take for granted what he has given us and continue our lives as before? Or do we praise God and use what he has given us to follow Jesus, to build up faith in other people? Jesus teaches us again the story of the ten lepers in Luke chapter 17. Nine take the healing for granted. One returns Jesus to thank him, as Bartimaeus did. Jesus values our response. He values us praising him and following him in response to what he has done for us. Therefore, I have a final question for you. What's stopping you from calling out Jesus as Bartimaeus did? And what is your response when he answers these prayers? Will you praise and worship him whatever happens? And now Johanna is coming, going to come and give you uh, the crowd's perspective of the story. Hello. Uh, so if you don't know me, I'm Johanna. I'm one of the youth interns here at All Saints. And I'm going to talk about the crowd's perspe uh, perspective today. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> in stories like this, we only always yeah, look at Jesus and yeah, the, per the main person the story is about, like in this case, Bartimaeus. But I think the crowd's perspective is so important because it helps us to understand what Jesus is really like and yeah, that we need to allow ourselves to encounter him. So what did the people from the crowd think? Why did they rebuke Bartimaeus for calling out to Jesus? Isn't calling out to Jesus a natural thing to do? Isn't that what we do when we pray? Therefore, shouldn't everyone be allowed to do so? But if you imagine being part of the crowd, you might understand. Just imagine, yeah, walking a whole day on that hot, dry, dusty road. You probably have a headache from the many people and the noise around you, or even a sunstroke. <laughs> Nevertheless, you're excited to be with Jesus and to go to Jerusalem to, uh, with him. You're excited to see what miracles he might perform there and what he might say to the Pharisees. Then suddenly, one of the many beggars starts to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you only think, oh no, not again. What a nuisance. The noise definitely isn't helping your headache. And it's just like with the little children all over again when the disciples wanted to keep Jesus' peace and uh, yeah, sent the mothers that wanted to get their children baptized um, away. Um, but then, yeah, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. You still don't really get what he meant by that, but they were definitely as annoying as this beggar who's shouting even louder now that people told him to stop. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes you be slightly, yeah, impressed by his perseverance because you always worry about what other people think of you too much, and this man clearly doesn't. Um, but you're not only impressed, but start to worry. Because if some of the authorities hear that, yeah, this man is calling Jesus, uh, yeah, son of David, uh, which means that he, yeah, believes that he is the promised Messiah, Jesus might get in serious trouble. But now, even more surprisingly, Jesus responds. Call him, he says. Call him? 
Why would Jesus react to a random beggar calling out to him? And how did he even hear him with all the noise yeah, all around? I mean, you're on the main road between Jericho and Jerusalem at a time when the Passover festival is about to begin. And yeah, there are loads of people and loads of beggars. Usually, Jesus doesn't let himself be diverted by things that distract you. Of course, the blind man jumps to his feet once he hears that Jesus wants to talk to him. He looks so happy and so hopeful. He even leaves his cloak beside, uh, behind. When Jesus starts to talk to him in such a warm and friendly way, it stings you slightly. You try to remember if Jesus has ever talked to you personally like that. You've always been part of the, cro uh, the crowd, and Jesus never seemed to notice you. And now he talks to a strange blind beggar. You have your problems too, you know, problems you would want Jesus to help you with, but you never really wanted to bother him with that. And now you start to regret that and feel jealous of Bartimaeus. Aren't you worth more than this beggar? At least you follow Jesus along the way and listen to what he said. Aren't you more likely to get healed or for Jesus to be interested in you? I wonder, did the crowd really understand what Jesus is like? So does the person understand? Obviously not. He or she doesn't understand that Jesus came for the helpless and the sick. Who needs a healer when you're not ill? I mean, yeah, they followed Jesus along the way, which was the early Christians' yeah, word what, for what we call today Christianity, even though they don't get who he is. When Jesus asked James and John earlier in this chapter what they want him to do, they answer with a request for power, prestige, and glory. Bartimaeus, on the other hand, is humble. His healing is a sign of Jesus trying to open his followers' eyes. He understands who Jesus is. He addresses him with son of David. He believes that Jesus can and would help him. Jesus says, your faith has healed you. In other translations, it's even, your faith has saved you. It's an example of what Jesus said earlier in this chapter. For man to be saved is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Only through Jesus can we be healed, and only through Jesus can we be saved. For Bartimaeus, the crowd didn't stop him from yeah, encountering with Jesus. But it maybe did for some people of the crowd itself. Maybe some were worried what yeah, the other people think, or that they might rebuke them if they started calling out to Jesus. What keeps you from encountering with Jesus? One thing I mentioned is that some people of the crowd might have felt jealous or unseen, and maybe therefore haven't even tried to talk to Jesus. Don't we all feel unseen sometimes? But Emmaus did probably feel unseen himself. Before Jesus answered him, he was only one of the many beggars on the roadside. But not for Jesus. Jesus saw him. I, for example, used to struggle with feeling unseen by God when doing ministry times, uh, others were moved by the Holy Spirit, and I just felt nothing. It's easy to yeah, feel ignored by God in situations like this, even though you know that it's not true and God is working in you anyways, but yeah, you don't really get this in, in moments like this. Lynn told us in Healing Prayer School about when she became a Christian, she had a really overwhelming experience. When she prayed for Ron to also be filled, yeah, his experience, yeah, wasn't as overwhelming as hers. Therefore, she assumed that he hadn't been filled as much, if not, not at all. Um, yeah, she told us that there are three different ways in which you can experience the Holy Spirit. You're either slain in the Spirit when you fall over or start to shake or stuff like that. 
<laughs> when you rest in the spirit, when you're just filled with this peace, or when you're pushed by the enthusiastic people praying for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but whatever way you experience, there is no correlation about how people act afterwards. Um, even when you don't feel like you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean that you actually aren't. Mark 11 verse 34 says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever we ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Let me repeat that. Um, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And if you act accordingly, believe that you are filled with the Spirit, you have the same power as everyone else. Like Ron, who thought, yeah, people have to, uh, yeah, prayed for me to be filled with the Spirit, therefore I must be filled with the Spirit, and started to speak in tongues. What I want to say with all of that is, yeah, God sees you, and he has perfect timing. He wants to encounter with you, and he is working in you whether you notice it or not. Stop worrying about what God does in someone else's life. He sees you, and he wants to meet with you. Often we yeah, feel unseen by other people and simply project that on, yeah, God. But he's not like other people. He's perfect. He's God. I mean, yeah, therefore shouldn't we become more like Bartimaeus and understand better who Jesus is? Don't we also need to learn to see in some kind of sense? We are all blind in some ways to what we should see. Each of us needs to follow the example of Bartimaeus. Jesus Christ is passing by. The light of the world is within our reach. We should just call out to him. God sees us and he came for those who yeah, need him, which is all of us. Uh, therefore, we shouldn't keep ourselves or others from encountering with him. Maybe God wants us to be like Bartimaeus tonight, wants us to call out to him. He wants to make us see, really see, the way he sees us and yeah, help us to understand him better. He wants us as the people from the crowd to be transformed. He doesn't want us to look down on people or to keep yeah, ourselves or others from encountering with him. He doesn't want us to feel yeah, unseen or to be afraid to call out to him because he sees us and he will answer. As Ruth has quoted already, yeah, ask and will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Therefore, take heart, Jesus is calling for you. So whatever is happening in your heart tonight that is stopping you from yeah, for crying out like Bartimaeus, God wants to break that down tonight. So he hears you and he sees you.